This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Accessing data files. Initiating program. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Downloading Sean. My name is Sean Ray, and I don't know why people hate Nickelback. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Downloading John. The like the one benefit to uh, getting fat is that I don't have to iron my clothes as much. If you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Downloading Rick. Did you know that elephants are made entirely out of Rocky Road ice cream? Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. He's looking at you, kid. Accessing guest files. N C C one seven o one. No bloody A. Joni loves Shachi is the epitome. You beat me to it, you bastard. B. Uh, I wasn't listening. Sorry. Oh, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt more like a northerner than I do right now. (laughs) Or D. If you're wondering how this is going to play out, just watch A Bug's Life. It's basically the same (laughs) plot. Come to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep that change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and sitting across the virtual table from me is John Irons. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. (laughs) (laughs) And also joining us on the mic tonight are a couple of of regular friends. Uh, Rick, how are you, sir? I have taken my protein pills and put my helmet on, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And Virginia, how are you? I do not want to know what Rick is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that is a quote. Oh, if have, I had to guess, musical education after. <laughs> oh, I was I, I was thinking space balls for some reason. What's it from? The <laughs> space oddity, David Bowie, Ground Control to Major oh, Tom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, okay, oh, yeah. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, hey, we've got a lot. We got a, a few things to talk about tonight. We, we're 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 gonna do uh, best in show. We'll do that towards the uh, towards the end of the show. But uh, every time a Star Wars movie comes out, we try to do an episode where we do a spoiler filled <laughs> review. I thought you were gonna say like a, like a pilot gets his wings. I thought this was your <laughs> yeah. We we try to do a spoiler filled <laughs> review. Of that movie. So if you haven't seen Solo, uh, then you pro- you're probably one of the ones that don't want to watch it. <laughs> Everybody that wants to watch it probably has. Uh, but we are going to spoil it. So you may not want to listen to this episode. Or you may want to listen up until we start talking about it. Because we're going to talk about some other things first. And But a lot of the news stories that I have are Star Wars and Star Trek related. We'll do the Star Trek stuff first. But there's a big shakeup. Did you get it? <laughs> yeah. I turned off the mic. No. No, you didn't. <laughs> I was like, wait for John to get his hairball off. I turned off the mic. Hang on. Apparently, I need to change some settings on my computer. <laughs> uh. 
let me hold on. Let me go down. Let me find my my notes like, about the <laughs> Star Trek stuff. Okay, okay. So there's been a shakeup over at CBS All Access specifically where Star Trek Discovery is concerned. Uh, I've got a quote here from TVLine.com. There's been a switch in the captain's chair at Star Trek Discovery. The CBS all-access drama is replacing showrunners Gretchen J. Berg and Aaron Harberts, according to The Hollywood Reporter, with co-creator and executive producer Alex Kurtzman taking over as sole showrunner for the upcoming season two. And apparently this is not a case of just creative differences like was the case with uh, Brian Fuller last year. The stories that I've read say that there there are budgetary concerns because they spent a lot of money on the pilot, more money than they were supposed to, and also uh, there have been complaints of abusive behavior. A few of the writers have come forward and reported incidents of bullying, including one report where Harberts leaned across the writer's room table at one point, shouted curse words at a member of the staff, and then made threats when they when there were rumors coming out that the members of the staff were going to file a complaint with HR. Um, Akiva Goldsman has also left the show, but that seems to be a case more of clashing with writers creatively than anything else. That he hasn't been fighting and swearing and anyone or anything, anything like that. So that's kind of a big deal because they they were the showrunners. They were. I know that Gretchen J. Berg, she was on uh, the both after show were. a lot. Right? Harberts was one of the first. Yeah, yeah. Was the first one of them. Of, of the, the writers slash producers to show up on the after show. Was he the guy that was always, he kind of had gray hair and he wore like sweater vests a lot? Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah that, that was him. That's who I thought he was. Yeah. yeah. What uh, that, was, that was brought to you by the Wilhelm scream. Let me turn I was my. I say, that was a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah, let me turn my, uh, my ringtone off on my phone here. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have so many questions. It's not the ringtone, it's the notification tone, and I, I keep it on there. I, I put it on there at first because I thought it was cool. I keep it on there because it freaks my wife out. But <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, that's just about half my questions. Well, let, let, me, let me tell you how I found out about this. Uh, okay. Last Thursday, uh, we were recording an epic episode of Starbase 66 about toxic fandom. And we had a big head of steam going. We were all just, you know, uh, lots of bad words, lots of anger, lots of lots of uh, disbelief. And I was looking for a story about uh, uh, Star Trek gatekeepers being douchebags and stuff online. And I stumbled across this story. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I hadn't heard anything about it. And it just it literally stopped me dead in my tracks because I had no idea there was any prob there were any problems on Discovery backstage, uh, and you know, we, Sean, you and I and uh, and John and Virginia coming up, you know, this is what we do. We you know we do several podcasts, you know, one yeah. specifically for Discovery, and so, and you know we're we're all doing this show, and I've got a couple other shows where. You know, keeping up to date on what's going on with Star Trek is, you know, that's the whole reason Detra, if I'm pronouncing right. that, probably not right. But um, Raisin Detra, but close enough. Uh, there you go, raisins. Um, <laughs> and so raisins for some raisins is the new Detras. <laughs> so something that momentous, just kind of coming out of the blue when I was looking for something else, it literally, I, I was like. 
guys, we got to stop. We got to mention, we got to talk about this. And, you know, and we did. And then, then we went on. Um, it was so well covered up. If that maybe not the right word or hidden, it just wasn't talked about. Um, and apparently Gretchen, I think was making veiled threats about keeping this in house and not letting the, not letting it get out. Uh, so I know I hadn't heard about, uh, Goldsman, Goldman, Goldsman, Gold. Yeah. Akiva Goldsman. Goldsman. He directed, he directed a couple episodes last yeah. season, but he was also one of the staff, uh, like writers and producers and stuff too. But you know what? I don't think this is necessarily going to be a bad thing because as much as I loved season one of discovery, it had its problems and season two, almost by definition, because of what happened, uh, needs to be very different from season one. Mm-hmm. So maybe this could be a this could be a really good thing. I don't know. Half the season's already been filmed. Yeah. Anyway, so the, I mean, I and I would assume that the scripts for the remaining half have already been written. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, th- there's there's definitely going to be a change. It it just goes to show you that you cannot judge a person based on what you see on television. You don't know those people. You know, it's kind of like the stuff we were talking about on our, on our last episode. Uh, I cannot imagine the two people that I watched on that after show, like, cursing and threatening people. They seem like very oh, nice I can. people. But but there you go, you know. So and and Kurtzman, you know, he's 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 been associated with Star Trek for a while, you know. So he he knows the he knows the show, he knows the series and the franchise and everything. So it's not like it's going into uh, like a newbie newbie's hands or something like that. And uh, there's been some now most of the stuff that I'm talking about now is rumor, but there is some weight behind it. Um, you know, a while back when they were talking about Tarantino f- doing a Star Trek movie, I don't know if that's still going to happen or not, but there was a rumor that came out that, oh, Patrick Stewart might come back as Captain Picard. And it turned out that it was just like somebody asked him at a party, hey, would you would you like to be in a Tarantino movie? Yes, sure, I would, you know. Um, but there's been more and more sources coming out saying that there is a, a, a mystery plot of some Star Trek series that's going to be done or that they're talking about that Patrick Stewart is in some way associated with. So they're not saying that he's going to come back and like play Captain Picard as a series regular, but maybe they're going to work him in some way that where he'll be integral with the pot with the plot or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I would, I would kind of like, I would, I would kind of expect that they did something like that because Patrick Stewart's, what is he like? 80 not something yet. Years he's old in the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Late seventies. I think. Okay. Okay. I would not expect him to do a series where he's going to come back and be Captain Picard every week, and it's just going to be like the Enterprise twenty five yeah. years later or whatever, like the all good things, and might like make a whole series <laughs> out of that or something like that. But if they did like Picard, a Star Trek story <laughs> or something like that, you know, and he was like. Maybe Picard could be the MacGuffin. Maybe he's the one that they have to save. Or maybe he bookends the series and the rest of it's all flashbacks or something like that. Yeah, I could see something like that. So see, this is all um, so rumory and so... Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 
this Absolutely. is, I don't remember, I don't think we talked about, I don't think we've had a chance to talk about it on the potato here, uh, where Patrick Stewart made a cryptic comment about, well, now I'm going to have a reason to watch the show when talking about Discovery. <laughs> that was that was my Patrick yeah. Stewart. We all convinced? Was, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and it was like, oh my God, Patrick Stewart's going to be in. No. <laughs> he just said that he now has a reason to watch the show. I personally think that's because I think Marina Sirtis is going to show up in an episode because she was on the set with Jonathan yeah. Frakes not too long ago. And they, you know, there were pictures coming out now, whether she's actually going to be physically on the set or whether she's going to be voicing the computer or, you know, who knows, but, uh, or the fact just, the- well, I think if she was voicing the computer, she wouldn't have flown yeah. out there. I don't think but Yeah, she may have just wanted to go visit. Who knows? I guess. She, she, you know, yeah, Marina does what Marina wants to do. <laughs> True. She is a powerhouse. And um, I think that in it, I, on the one hand, it's great because it means that Discovery has made an impact. Because when you've got a show to the point where people are picking up every little crumb and running with it, it means that it's got legs. It means that, peop- that, that the press, for all of their irresponsibility, thinks that this is something people will click on. The fact that you know, Patrick Stewart makes one little offhand comment, and suddenly he's starring in a new movie. The you know, in the new Tarantino <laughs> movie. Uh, you know, that can't be anything but good for Star Trek's uh, cachet. But I really don't think we're going to see Patrick uh, Captain Picard anytime soon. <laughs> coming back to the screen. Yeah, well, they're working on some other. There's some other uh, series that they're talking about. They've been talking about this. Uh, like a mini series that's about Khan. They've been talking about that since Discovery started. I love it, and, but I really uh, hope that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, if it does happen, I would much rather it be a mini series than an actual series. Just like six episodes and you're done. I can handle that. Don't give me a five season story arc all about Khan did, <laughs> and what he was doing did, and what he was doing between Space Seed and and and. Star did Trek any of y'all? read those the 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 con books the 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 novels that came out a few years back Uh no i tried and you know i i generally don't like star (laughs) trek novels because they're usually really badly written and i got about four chapters into five-year-old noonie (laughs) oh my god (laughs) yeah they called him i just i finally just wanted to it was either stop reading or claw my eyes out and so i just closed the book (laughs) They're also talking about a possible animated series. They haven't released any details about that. That, that might be work. Awesome. You know that. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and also, and there's actually quite a bit of detail about this. So I think this may actually be something that's going to happen. A teen-oriented series set at Starfleet Academy from Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz, who are the two that are most recently behind the Dynasty reboot and the Marvel, uh, the Runaways adaptation, and and they have that much information out. I think that may actually be something that comes to fruition first. So, and that might be interesting too. A, a, a TV series that's geared towards teenagers about Starfleet Academy, you know, that might work. But I kind of like to see CBS All Access start up some other projects and not necessarily put all their eggs in Star Trek's basket. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, teen, <laughs> but you know, more Star Trek is good. The, so the Teen Academy thing. Sounds like uh, a waking nightmare to me. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. but <coughs> excuse me. 
more power to him. Every show doesn't have to <laughs> yeah. be a show for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I'll watch I, it, I, but I, it, yeah, but they're not going to be making it for me. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's cool. Still cool. The the Starfleet Academy idea has been floated about every five years or so since TOS went off the air. It has yet to happen. I think it could work in this um, in this era because we've got shows, and this is not for teenagers, but that, but like Quantico. I don't know well, if you guys have ever like seen said, that. It's about yeah, it's about FBI cadets, and they. And you know there's a terrorist attack, and then all of a sudden they have to they have to do stuff that they're not quite trained for yet, and uh, and I think something like that. That doesn't sound Star Trek at all. Yeah, to, me, to me, that sounds. <laughs> I've watched Quantico, and that's the nightmare that I foresee. But again, it's not for me. Quantico was a very popular show, and yeah, and it like, is successful. Uh, Runaways and what's, what's another one? Uh, Cloak and Dagger, which I haven't seen yet, but it's, it's on my list. Um, I mean, it could, yeah. it could certainly be a show, and it could be a very successful show. I just don't know if it's a show that I would watch. But again, that's fine. There's more people on the planet than me. Couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is going to lead into the into the the topic of talking about Solo, but. Um, George Lucas was interviewed for James Cameron's series that he's been doing about science fiction movies and stuff. And he they did an episode about Star Wars. And he went into a little bit of detail about what episodes 7, 8, and 9 would have looked like if he had handled everything and hadn't uh, sold everything to Disney. And it would have been terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you say dodged a bullet? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I, it is. Okay. Here's a quote. Go ahead, John. What were you, what were you saying? No, no, I was going to say so because you know I avoid stories like this. This is the quote, <laughs> or one of the quotes. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see the episode, and I haven't read everything. But this is one of the quotes. The next three Star Wars films, we're going to get into a microbiotic world. He explained to Cameron. There's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. We call them the Wills, and the Wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the Force. So the main thing, the, the, the movies were going to be about the midichlorians, basically. And the main thing that fans hated about episode one is the thing that he wanted to make his next trilogy about. Which is, is that not the most arrogant thing that he could have done? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the, the wheels, and I know like the Star Trek, uh, I'm Star Wars, uh, I don't know enough Star Wars lore but I do remember reading something about it. The, the wills is like it's like a, an order. It's like a religious order, and the the yeah they talked about it in Rogue One. Yeah, that's it's what like the, a that's set of the, scrolls or something like that. It's actually force, mentioned in the initial the the initial title of Star Wars was the Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Starkiller, uh, excerpted from the the Journal of the Wills or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Good for you, but, Lucas. But apparently, he was going to change all that and make it, and make it to where the wheels were Bugs. like a physical, <laughs> yeah, microbiotic. I don't. It just seems like very uh, George Lucas just seemed like he was getting more and more arrogant with his uh with what he was doing because whatever it was that people told him that they hated, that's what he was going to focus See, on. And he was going to do. I, I disagree. 
disagree. Well, I mean, it's like people came out. Okay, okay, episode one came out. People didn't like Jar Jar. So George Lucas made it so that Jar Jar basically caused the Emperor to take power. <laughs> if you go back and watch episode two and three, Jar Jar is the one that. Yes, but one could argue that's him responding to the public. Giving him, giving them a reason to hate him as much as they do, as opposed to just because he's goofy and kind of racist. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. I, I give him kinda. He's alien. Is it arrogant? I have. So let's say I have a vision. All right, I've got this. I've got this idea for you know whatever this this trilogy of novels, <clears throat> and the first one comes out, and and in my vision. You know, character C has a major role to play throughout the books, and you don't really know it until you get to the third book. And first book comes out, everybody hates character C. Is it arrogant for me to continue through my vision, since it's my vision, or am I obligated to acquiesce to the will of the people? But I'm just not sure I believe that he planned anything beyond <laughs> beyond the first Star Wars because if he had then Luke and Leia wouldn't have made out in, in, uh, in well, I Empire think he, I think he had broad strokes of uh, no pun intended I think he had like uh, they, they weren't broad enough he had, a, you know, he had an idea of where things wanted to go he hadn't worked on all the details yet yeah I just yeah it just, it just seems like he he kind of says, "I know I created this thing that you love, and the fact that you love it's made me a rich man. But I'm I'm gonna make these movies for me. I'm not making I them for you." I think that's right. You know, yeah. I think that's, I think that is <laughs> so. exactly how he should be because he, if he didn't make the movies for him in the first place, you know, it's not a Star Wars wasn't a big studio film. That's the whole point. That's why it was different. Well, I I, I can tell you that any bad thing that anyone has to say about the new Star Wars. You can go fall in a hole <laughs> because because Kat, what Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams has given us is a million times better than a trilogy about midichlorians. <laughs> That's my story I'm, I'm not, sticking I'm to. I'm not saying that you were wrong. I'm not saying that. For all I know, the films that he wanted to produce will be total used dog food. Yeah. But I don't know that because he didn't do them. I know that because we saw the three movies he did on his own, yeah, and they were awful. Yeah, you know, I went and and and, and Rick, I was listening to um, Starbase sixty six this week, and I was about to take up a pro people stance, but that really would just be for argument. <laughs> <laughs> but I was listening to Starbase sixty six, and I heard uh, uh, Unk was saying that you know everybody loved Episode One when it came out, and and, he, and all that, and yeah. hated it later. And I didn't I think for, yeah, for me, I went and saw episode one and I told myself that I liked I was about it. To say, is this the part where you blame mm-hmm. me for making you see it again? No, no, I would have, I, I mean, it was Star Wars. It was the only Star Wars that we had at the time. So it, it was what it was. But when I'm watching that opening crawl and they start talking about trade negotiations and stuff like that, I'm like, Ooh. And then. And then those aliens came out that had a vague Japanese accent. I was like, ooh. <laughs> you know? It was like, I don't know about this. And, there, I mean, there are parts of the of the prequels that I do like. But, for the most part, it just... I took my son, because uh, before they sold it to Disney, the plan was to release all the movies back in the theaters uh, one a year in 3D. 
the only one that they actually did that with is episode one. Yeah. And then they sold everything to Disney, and Disney shut it down. So Thank I took my son to see episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went to I went to see episode one with my son. That was that's the only up until that point that was the only Star Wars movie he had gotten to see in the theater. And um, that's too bad. I was watching that movie, and it had been a few years since I had seen it. And uh, this is sometime around two thousand and six or seven, something like that. And I'm watching. I'm like this movie is not pacing right. I mean, it just doesn't feel paced right. Everything just feels, it just doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't remember noticing that the first time that I saw it, but watching it again, I was like, it's just not good. I mean, there visually, there are things that I like. The pod, the pod race scene was, was kind of cool and stuff like that. But as far as the story and the pacing and everything, it just, it just wasn't good. The, the thing about <laughs> Lucas um, and you know, I've kind of gone through several stages of my view of Lucas when I was <laughs> like the stages of grief. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was 13 <laughs> and star Wars came out and I'm sorry, if you want to call it a new hope, you can, but when it came out, it was just star Wars, star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, you know, it, it, it hit me. Nothing had ever hit me as hard since star Trek. So I was I still remember being 13 years old sitting in that cinema watching R2D2 and C3PO uh on the screen for the first time and just just you know my eyes must have been as big as saucers I was just blown away by it. Uh and then as the years went on and you started seeing some of the plot holes and stuff and and then Empire came out and you know I went to the premiere dressed as Han Solo or as best as I could, you know, a short pudgy blonde Han Solo. <laughs> um and then Jedi came out and it wasn't bad and we saw, you know, and it it was a a wonderful wrap up. Um and then you know you started wondering, you know, well, why did they bring? Why didn't they switch ships instead of drink, bringing the Death Star to the to Yavin? And you know there were little things here and there, but you know we all thought that George Lucas was a genius. And then uh, somewhere around 1987, uh, Industrial Light and Magic put out a coffee table book called the the I forget it's like the Magic of Special Effects or something, and it was like a sixty dollar book. And I asked for it for Christmas, and my mom actually got it for me. And I have it. It's in a trunk somewhere. And it's this gorgeous, you know, big book, really thick, that talks about the history of ILM up to that point. And the last chapter of the book is about CG, which was just getting started. And Lucas mm -hmm. is quoted as saying that someday we will not even need actors. Someday we will just be able to create everything in a computer. And he was talking about it wistfully. Like, I'm really looking forward to this day when I don't have to deal with actual people anymore. And I thought that was a little <laughs> yeah. strange, but you know, I didn't really pay much attention to it. And then 10 years later, we get the prequels. And we see that's exactly what he wants. Uh, and then we start seeing the cracks in the facade and we start finding out that, you know, and then, you know, after the prequels, I was like, George Lucas, guy's a hack. He doesn't know what he was doing. And, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, you know, I've said on many and, you know, I've kind of softened on this stance, but I used to say they should freeze him in carbonite and just like thaw him out every 10 years to sign a bunch of checks and then put him back in. Uh, I believe you said that like that must be a recent change because you said that like I remember you saying that like on the yeah podcast. I know I've I've, I've recently <laughs> kind of 
lightened up a little bit because I've I've there's been a lot of behind the scenes stuff out in the last three or four years that I didn't have access to uh, before, and now I see that Lucas was never a good writer. Um, the initial cut of A New Hope was dreadful, but people like uh, Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg and um, Oh, I can't remember. They, you know, they, he and Lucas and all of these guys, they all kind of went to school together. Uh, and so, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of people saw the, the initial cut and went, dude, this sucks. you got to recut this film. <laughs> um, and they cut it down and made the, you know. And where, where Lucas is real, re, Lucas has two real genius, areas of genius. Um, one is marketing. And, you know, he was the, you know, he had the foresight to say to, to uh, 20th Century Fox, I'll give up this much of the profits if you guys give me complete rights to the marketing, to the, to the, 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 the toy rights and all that stuff. And they were like, eh, we just pulled one over on him. And then he went around, you know, turned around and turned Star Wars into the marketing juggernaut it is now. Um so, you know, mm-hmm. good on him for that. He was pr- totally prescient on that. The other thing he was brilliant about was surrounding himself with people who were at the top of their game. You know, he brought, you know, he put ILM together and these people totally revolutionized the art of making science fiction films. And then it branched out from there. You know, Industrial Light and Magic is still the, you know, if you can afford them, they're the place to go if you want the best special effects anywhere. Um but what he wasn't very good at was writing. Uh, and if you look at, you know, look at Star Wars, it's yeah. not a very well-told story. Until, you know, it, it, in itself, there's a lot of holes in it and stuff. And, you know, there's this BS that he had all nine movies. He did not. Uh, that story changes as often as a <laughs> Donald Trump press conference. Um, but uh, <laughs> in the first three movies, he was surrounded by people who would tell him no. Or would say, wouldn't it be better if? By the time we get to the prequels, suddenly he's George Lucas in all capital letters with a little TM after the S at the end. And no one's telling him no. And he's doing everything yeah. himself, and it's awful. Go back and look at any of the the um, the behind-the-scenes shot from Star Wars, from the first one. And you'll see that Harrison Ford him, you know, at the time said, George, you can type this stuff, but you can't say it. You know, and yeah, Mark Hamill and yeah, Harrison I've Ford and Carrie Fisher yeah. all back up the fact that the most, pretty much the most they ever got from him as a director was faster and more intense. Yeah. You know, they never so. really got any direction mm-hmm. from him because, uh, as Harrison Ford said, Lucas was like, "I wrote it down. Just do that. Do what's on the paper. I don't. I shouldn't have to tell you anything more." Right. Uh, He's not a good director. He's not a good writer. He's good at putting together a film studio. And unfortunately, by the time he gets to the to the the prequels, he's bought his own hype. And there's nobody left that has the power to say, George, this isn't really working. And instead of seeing the the public reaction to his movies and going, oh, well, I maybe should do something about that. He doubled down and went, well, F you, my my universe. I know what's best for it. And we've seen that he didn't. And so I think that he thinks that he should have done these movies. And 
you know, kind of like kind of like a, a, a you know prince who was like you know made hundreds of hours of videos and songs and and stuff that he never intended anyone to see. He was just doing it for himself. I think Lucas would be just totally happy to just make movies that no one ever had to see. He would just make them for himself. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the the some of the guys that were doing the special effects for the Force Awakens. They met with George Lucas and they thought, oh, he's going to love some of these practical effects that we're doing. And it's like, no, he doesn't like practical effects. He only did practical effects because that's all he had at the time. You know, episode three was filmed entirely in a studio. (laughs) They didn't even go outside. Everything, all the backgrounds and everything were computer animated. Wow. So, yeah. You're going to be disappointed. If you think you're going to impress George Lucas with your practical effects, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> he, like, like you said, he is a, he's not the auteur. He did it himself because he had to. Yeah. And, and he had talented people around him. I, mm-hmm. I, I think of George Lucas as like a visionary. I've, I've known many people in my, <laughs> in my life. Um, on occasion, I've been one of those people who has a great idea for something. And you can totally see it in your head. You have no inkling how to actually make it a reality. You know, oh, I've got this great idea for a costume. Or I've got this great idea for a story. Or I've got this great idea for a song or a game or a book or whatever. And then and that's, okay, I've got an idea. And and George Lucas is one of those people who the, the stars aligned, no pun intended, and it worked out so that he could bring his vision to fruition. And it became what it became. And it's it's like kind of in the 80s, um, everybody who had a synthesizer thought they had a band. <laughs> that's kind of, that's like the, yeah. that's how I see George Lucas with, with the co- uh, computer-generated characters. Oh, I can do this now? And okay, but that doesn't mean you should. Just, just calm it down. But he's got a new toy to play with, and he's, like you said, there's no one really telling him no. And I don't think he's, well, he may be a bad person. I don't know. I don't know the guy. And I, I think it's more that, and, and and at that point, oh, he's the idea guy. What's your next idea? Well, I was kind of thinking about that. There was this little, I don't know. They're like amoeba and they're inside you. And that's really what the force is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Because you're George Lucas. So you know, I guess I cut him <laughs> slack. And generally speaking, I'm, I'm probably more likely to cut everybody slack for <laughs> in terms of credit because, like, it's ultimately it's all make believe. <laughs> they so and so ruined this franchise. They didn't ruin anything. They made yeah. a bad movie. It's fine. <laughs> you can watch the good ones. There's good ones still out there. Yeah, and also you know the way that he, the way that he would always he, he liked to go back to the trilogy and change things and release them again. You know but refuse to give us the original way that it was originally cut. It's like if uh, we're recording episode 96 right now of the podcast. (laughs) If I went back to episode one and I re-edited it and I decided, oh, I'm going to splice, you know, Rick wasn't on the episode. I'm going to splice Rick into the episode like he was there, you know, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, I'm going to add a conversation about this, you know, and stuff like that. And then, People started saying, "Well, why, can we just get the episode like it was originally?" No, uh-uh, no, you gotta have this new version. <laughs> but again, uh, <laughs> I don't want to take up the whole episode. I just, I, I have a differing 
I don't think you're wrong. First of all, let me say that. Uh, yes, I don't. I don't think uh, you should eliminate all previous copies and just rewrite history to be what you want it to be. But if you're telling a story and you want to change the story, and it's your story to tell, and you want to tell it differently. I feel like you can do that. I don't agree with the whole destroy every previous copy, which obviously he can't do, even if he wants to. Uh, but, you know, if you take it back to the storytelling around the campfire, everybody told their story different. You know, that's why there's, you know, eight different versions of Cinderella and 12 different versions of the early duckling and, you know... Well, I'm not going to get religious, but there's many different versions of different stories. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will admit the only change that he did the, uh, in the initial one and in, you know, some of the things he went back and redid really helped the some of the 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 additional CG in the final battle really yeah. helps to, to to crank it up. Um, the insertion of Hayden. Well, that's that's Jedi. Um, I'm talking the, just the initial the, a New Hope. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I didn't mind a lot of like the scene where the where the Falcon blasts out of Moss Eisley, and you see it lift off and then kind of do that spin around and fly off. I, I that was like, oh, that was cool. Um, but then other things like the whole Greedo shooting and missing from two feet away is just yeah. Step, stepping on stepping on Jabba's tail. Yeah. Well, the, the whole Java scene was it was cut for a very good reason, because it was a you know ninety percent of that dialogue was a repeat of what Greedo said in the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was no need for it to go back in. But again, Lucas doesn't. If you want to, if you want to change what happened with Greedo, that's fine. But if you can't make it look good, then you shouldn't do it. Because the way I don't know if you guys have watched the scene recently, but. When Han shifts his head, it's like his head detaches from oh, yeah. his body and <laughs> and shifts to the side so that that uh, that laser bolt hits the wall behind him and then he comes back and like it looked terrible. Well, you and know? also, the, but it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do the it. The bolt way. hit the wall like three <laughs> feet over his head too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, you listener. Do I have everybody's attention now? Do you like professional wrestling? What? If so, you'll love Review-A-Mania, where Rob and Zach break down every WrestleMania. You'll hear about great epic matches by the likes of Hulk Hogan. And what's it gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah! Ric Flair. Just stealing! Woo! Wheel of dealing! Limousine right! Jet flying! Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Shawn Michaels. Bret Hart, you are a zero, my hero. John Cena. The champ is here! Brock Lesnar. Suplex City, bitch. And so many more that I don't have time to even name. Check out Review Mania right here on CosmicPotato.com. Or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. It's a happening right here on CosmicPotato.com. Arriba! 
Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we are the hosts of the World War G podcast, along with Colton, but he's not here right now. Yes, yeah, so pay no attention. Uh, and we're a podcast about everything geek. We talk about uh, movies, television, video games, comic books. Uh, we got movie commentaries, the occasional taste tests, like these lovely pina colada Oreos. Just don't try the Coke ones. No. Dang, what do we say after that? <laughs> Dang it. Um, so oh, okay. I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can find us right here at CosmicPotato.com or at WorldWarG.Podbean.com. Or wherever else you get your podcasting fix. And as always, stay geeky, my friends. Hi, this is Virginia Hay, and you're listening to Cosmic Potato. You're listening to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is a great show, and they don't pay me to say that. Just kidding, they do. Okay, let's talk about Solo. Um, <laughs> now that was a good segue. <laughs> it's going to be impossible to talk about this movie without talking about some of the fan backlash, but we did talk about a lot of that a couple of episodes back, so I don't want to dwell on it too much. But uh, I want to go around the virtual table and just get a quick overall feel of what everybody thought of the movie and kind of give it a rating so we know where we, where we all stand. And I'll start with Virginia because she hasn't said anything in a while. <laughs> Um, I, I thought I liked it. I mean, it wasn't super great. It wasn't the greatest movie I'd ever seen. It wasn't the worst movie I'd ever seen. It was, it was, I'd had a particularly bad week that week and it was kind of just the perfect thing that I needed to see. It was fun. Had a good time. I laughed. I almost cried. It was good. Okay. What would you rate it out of five? Out of five, I would give it, um, I would give it. Maybe like a three point five. Okay. All right, John. What about you? Uh, same. Uh, I give it a three and a half train heist out of five. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Like it, it, it was an entertaining film. Um, I felt that they were a little too heavy on the gas with, um, trying to tie it to, uh, the. What what we know from the Star Wars movies, um, I mean, obviously it's the it's a lot of the same characters, but there's like a lot of direct one to one references that I felt were unnecessary. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the only part that kind of bugged me. I was like like other things that I've heard other people complain about did not I did not care about. Um, I loved Lando's. A lot of people are like, oh, he's just doing ability wins. Well, he's the same guy, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> You're just trying to be the same guy. Well, yeah, that's kind of what he's getting paid to do. <laughs> uh, so what other complaints? Uh, yeah, how does he How does he all of a sudden, how does he know how to speak Wookiee? Well, maybe he knows how to speak Wookiee. I, I mean, <laughs> like, a, but and now, he, now all of a sudden he just speaks English and he doesn't speak Wookiee. Well, 
No, he doesn't. That's fine. People, a lot of people do that. I guarantee you. You all know somebody, or know somebody who knows somebody who understands English but doesn't speak it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fine. And why would you make your mouth do that if you didn't have to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I didn't really have any big problems with the film. Um, it was a. It was a. It was kind of a perfect little summer popcorn flick, and and if you, if you set it adrift on its own, as a summer action space movie, um, you'll be fine. If you if you if you have to weave it into the grander Star Wars universe, then you might be bugged by stuff. Uh, but that's your choice. <laughs> if, if, if you want to, if you want to do that to yourself, go right ahead. But if you just want, like you said, it's kind of a light, fun afternoon show. Uh, solo's not bad. All right. Rick. Yeah. I, I went in with very low expectations. Uh, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, I, you know, I give it, uh, you know, three capes out of five. Um, (laughs) my biggest worry after, you know, from seeing the trailers was that Donald Glover was going to over Billy D the part, but he didn't, I thought he did a fabulous job. If anything, he saved the film. Uh, you know, he did just kind of like Chris Pine did. In, in the Star Trek films, where he did a great Captain Kirk without devolving into a Shatner impression. Mm-hmm. I, I think Donald Glover did a wonderful Lando without aping Billy D. Uh, you know, because the, the, the ads really made it look like every sentence was going to end with the word baby. And, yeah. you know, it was going to feel like a, a two hour long uh, Colt 45 commercial, but he was brilliant. Um, I thought it was a, a, a fun, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, there was, there were some things that didn't, that were unnecessary. Yeah. They tried a little too hard at times to tie things in the whole, I'm going to call you Chewy cause Chewbacca is too many. So what really nobody <laughs> needed Chewy explained. Um, you know, he's got the same gun that, that Woody Harrelson gave him that he's still using 20 years later. Uh, yeah. but you know, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, yeah. That some of that was a little bit ticking the boxes. Yeah. Um, but then again, there were other things that were kind of cool. The dice, um, the, the winning, the Falcon, uh, I could have done without the whole trying to justify the stupid parson. Oh Jesus. Lucas what? used Kessel the wrong Martin, freaking yeah. word. All right. Oh. People stop trying to, I like that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> well, I think that I think I think this I think this does it. I think they're done with it now. I, I mean, it's just hey, we, we explained it. There you go. This this is canon. But, but I yeah. did like the the giant Cthulhu monster inside the the what did they call that? The yeah. maelstrom or whatever. I don't remember the. Yeah. Um, I you know there were times that I thought that maybe they kind of CG'd Eichenbach. What's the guy's name? Eichenbecker, yeah. the dude that played Han. Um. Yeah, uh, kind of sged his face I a little can, much, I can Riker, a little yeah. bit to look more like uh, Harrison Ford. Um, but again, I think he he you know similar build, similar facial features, did a good job playing Han without doing a Harrison Ford imitation. 
Um, and I loved Amelia Clark. I didn't even realize that was her until the credits rolled. And my wife was like, me you either. Know like, no, she's such a chameleon. She just disappears into parts. Oh, she was all over the promotional stuff. I didn't, I, I didn't catch that, I guess. Uh, but she was wonderful. Um, I generally don't like Woody Harrelson, but I enjoyed his performance in this. Uh, Tandy Newton, is, is that her last name? Yeah. Uh, she was criminally underused. Agreed. Um, but I, I didn't know she was, like you were saying, I didn't know she was yeah, going to be in this I, movie I, when she showed up. It was up. a nice surprise, so I can't really complain that they didn't do, use her enough because I didn't expect her to be there at all. Yeah. So, but yeah, I agree. Um, and, uh, um, oh, who was the bad guy? I'm blank on his name. Vision. Oh, right, right. Paul Bettany. <laughs> Bettany, uh, yeah, Bettany. Know, I, I could watch him read the phone book, so him being in a movie automatically raises it up a few notches for me. So I thought it was a really fun flick. I, I have no significant complaints about it. Uh, I would happily watch it again if I had the time. Uh, and it was, it, I, it delivered, you know, what it promised. I'll, I'll also add, um, <laughs> I've taken my kids to, well, the kids saw the last Jedi and they saw The Force Awakens in the theater with me. I have not shown them Rogue One. Because, uh, yeah. It's you know, <laughs> yeah, dark. Yeah. Pretty dark. Pretty dark for kids. I would have no problem with them seeing this film. This, this is, you know, this is like just worse than like a Saturday morning cartoon in terms of yeah. sex and violence. It's, it's, it's all adventure and spacey and. Uh, wise talking robots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I would give it a, uh, I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Uh, you know, I don't ever give anything a five, <laughs> but, uh, there have been like a lot of people that have said that they hate it because it's unnecessary and it doesn't do anything to serve the overall universe or the further the saga. I say that's a good thing. No movie is necessary, (laughs) you know, for one thing. Mm -hmm. And second of all, I like this is I like action sci-fi stories, but one flaw that I see so much is that the the stakes are too big. You know, Uh, we've got this group of heroes, and all of a sudden they find themselves in in a situation where they have to save the city, or they have to save the planet, or they have to save the universe, and that works when you're dealing with yeah, that, that works when you're dealing with the Avengers. But this is just what it should have been. It's an advent- It's an adventure. It's a, it's it's an issue of a comic. It's a standalone episode. Uh, I took me, my wife and I went. We had a good time. I I don't have a lot of complaints. I mean, all the complaints that I have about the movie are, are just like little things. You know, there's nothing big that I that I can say that I didn't like about the movie. So uh, yeah, three and a half out of five. So I thought we'd go through it instead of going through it scene by scene like we normally would. Uh, we'll just kind of talk about some of the things that we did and didn't like in the movie. The first thing that jumps out at me that I didn't like, they made this big deal when Rogue One came out that we're not going to do an opening crawl with these standalone (laughs) movies. Yes. But, so instead of giving us an opening crawl, they just give us 10 paragraphs (laughs) of text, you know. Just give us the opening crawl, you know. You've got enough words. (laughs) But it was like they were... You know, they were setting up, and and I understand that they wanted to tell a Han Solo origin story, but they didn't want to go all the way back to his childhood. They wanted to start with him as a young man. 
you know. And I did. I like the uh, the opening chase scene. I like the way that those scenes set up the relationship with Kira right away. And but everything moved, you know. They 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 got through all that stuff pretty quick. I mean, within the first twenty minutes of the movie. Uh, you're already at the point where he's meeting up with uh, Woody Harrelson, which is going to set up the rest of the the rest of the plot. The Lady Proxima stuff kind of kind of reminded me of of the Jabba yeah. stuff from later on. I think that was kind of a, a good a good tip tip of the hat he's, to that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked how he met Chewbacca. It kind of creeped me out that Chewbacca had been eating people. <laughs> but maybe he was know, just ripping off go. their arms. <laughs> oh, and and by the way, John, they, I yeah, just just to 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 illustrate what you were saying, um, I understand a hell of a lot more Spanish than I can speak, and yeah. if, if forced to do it, yeah. I can put together a sentence that's about as good as what he was doing with Wookie. But if someone understands English but they can only speak Spanish, I would much rather have a conversation where they're speaking Spanish and I'm speaking English. So you are. That 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 whole yes. argument is just ludicrous. When we go, oh, how can he all of a sudden speak Wookie? Shut up. <laughs> first thing he says, I speak a little. I mean, okay. Yeah. I speak a little. Yeah, yeah, but not very well. Yeah. I think is what he says. You know, which I think I, I, I mentioned when we, when I was doing the uh, holiday special thing with Joe at the at the convention a couple weeks ago. I mentioned that I wish that Solo had set up that. Han was so bad at translating Wookiee that everything that he had ever translated was <laughs> <laughs> and, and that uh, uh, Chewbacca is actually insulting him every time he opens his mouth and he thinks he's 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 giving him information that he needs. You know what I loved you know? about this movie? But um, in, a, in a sort of a meta sense, is it totally now shoots down that ridiculous fan theory that Chewbacca is the, the source of the rebellion? Is that a thing? Have you guys never heard that? Never heard that. No. Uh, it, I don't it's think so. uh, look it up. Look it up. I I can't remember. It's been a long time since I read it, but there, you know, somebody. Oh of wait, course, I did hear this. Like he's, they're, he's, they're, he's like the puppet master behind the scenes for everything. Exactly. Yeah. Because he was there all the time, and that's why he didn't get a medal because he was trying to be inconspicuous and. <laughs> yeah. It's oh just one of those goodness. fan theories where it's fun to read because it's just so damn stupid. There is a great um, video on YouTube that goes back and shows some scenes from uh, A New Hope, but it puts subtitles. Whenever Chewbacca's talking, it puts up subtitles, and it's as if he's trying to give them information, but nobody can understand what he's saying. So he's just like, uh, you know, when they meet Luke for the first time, he's like, oh, yeah, his name is Luke Skywalker. His his father is Darth Vader and his sister. Is like, <laughs> you know, because he's, he's been in all, you know, he was there the whole time. He knows everything. Oh, you know? so, right. Yeah. yeah, I got to look. But, that sounds great. Yeah, I got to write that down. I got to look that one up. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. I just remember. I'm sure, I'm sure it's Chewbacca like subtitle. college humor or something. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that the, all the... All the characters I thought were great. Um, I liked, like I said, I didn't know Tandy Newton was going to be in the movie. It was surprising that she was there. Not surprising that she, I, I wasn't surprised that she died so quickly because I figured she was there on a lunch break from Westworld or something like that. You know, um, though I don't really see her and Woody Harrelson as a couple. I can see myself. it. I can see those two characters as a couple. I can see it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I don't remember the name of the guy that was the alien that 
that was with them too. Uh, oh, the dude but, with the forearms. Yeah, that was uh, John Favreau doing his voice. So um, he worked his way into Star Wars as well. But <laughs> but uh, I thought that that whole train heist thing at the beginning, or not, it wasn't really the beginning, but you know, it's the first big action scene that we that we get. I thought that whole section was great. I like that. Um, I like that we're getting a Star Wars universe story without having to fill it with uh, with all the Jedi stuff. Not that I hate Jedi stuff, you know. It's just nice to have a story where the, all that stuff is not involved, and the Empire doesn't have a giant role in it and everything. You know, mm-hmm. the, a, a train heist is is interesting to have in a Star Wars movie. You know, um, I thought that was pretty cool. I I've, I only saw it once, um, but. I meant to look to see because in in the uh, in the Force Awakens, the same way they kind of <laughs> they kind of did some timey wimey stuff. So they inserted the dice and made the dice relevant, and then they showed the prequel why, as to why the dice were relevant, even though none of the other movies said anything about the dice. But yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. I just I thought it was um, interesting, and he made a comment like he knew that Finn. Uh, was an escapee or, or uh, had left the Empire because of the boots. And I meant to look to see, because uh, apparently, you know, the, this it doesn't show it. It tells you that he spent three years getting trained as a pilot in the Empire, which I would have liked to have mm-hmm. seen at least a montage of a little bit. Just because, not necessarily because I want to fill out Han's backstory, but you really don't get to see any of that. Like it's it's only ever told. All the stories are told from the rebel point of view, so you don't really see much. From what I've seen, maybe it maybe it happens more in the shows or the books that I haven't watched or read. Um, but I would have liked a little glimpse into that. But anyway, um, I didn't look to see if the boots that he's wearing are s- similar. I don't know. I, I felt like that was a thing like the dice. And, I, and if I was more attentive, I would have seen a connection between the boots, the, the way that he knew that Finn's boots were, were Empire boots and the boots that he was wearing or that other people were wearing or something like that. Okay, when did he say anything about Finn's boots? I don't remember that at all. In, in The Force Awakens, uh, Finn is... They, they get to the planet where they're about to meet Maz or they just met Maz. And... Uh, Finn is yeah they're about to meet her, and Finn is like look I'm I'm in the rebellion I'm a really big deal you gotta you know blah 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 and he's like okay well it's not a big deal uh, tell her the truth mm-hmm. because women always find out the truth and it's clear that he knows that Finn is lying but you don't know how he knows that Finn is lying and later he says yes the boots they're dead different way those are Empire boots and he's he changed yeah I yeah. don't remember that. I don't either. I'm gonna have to watch it now. I remember the scene. I don't. I don't. I don't remember that line specifically, but I remember the scene. So I have to. Yeah. I, I can. I can guarantee you that I'm entirely correct. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I don't say that often. <laughs> but yes. I thought that Alden uh, Ehrenreich. That's his name. Alden oh, Ehrenreich. Uh, I think he did a great job as Han. The last thing that I wanted was someone to do a Harrison Ford impression for two hours. And I think he did a good job of playing Han Solo without playing Harrison Ford playing yeah. Han Solo. 
um, there there were enough grins and enough swagger to get the feel of the character without yeah, it was, overdoing it was, it. it. it was an interesting casting know, choice because he doesn't really look like a young Harrison Ford, but I, I I appreciate that they cast him on his acting more than his face. Yeah, yeah, and the same goes with uh, Donald Glover as uh, as Lando, like you said, Rick. Uh, play, playing Lando without you know playing Billy D playing Lando. He, he, I think he did a good job, and I love all the jo- the jokes about the capes. I, th- <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, and Amelia Clark, I mean, come on, she's always great. She makes the worst movie that she's in better. I thought, you know, Terminator <laughs> Genesis. Yeah, Terminator Genesis is a bad movie, but she's not bad in it. No. You know, she's she's good. Um, the one thing that really made me smile was at the very end of the movie. Um, the showdown between Han and, and, and Beckett. Mainly because Beckett starts monologuing and Han shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it answers the question of Han shot first because th- there's no, you know, Han learned it right here, you know. Shoot him while he's talking. <laughs> and that's, that's what he does to Greedo later, you know. So, yeah. Han shot first. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, it's Canada uh, again. Uh, yeah, exactly. Paul Bettany was great, but I think that the part that he played could have been better because the thing is that this that character that he played was originally supposed to be a completely CGI character. And they had done all the mocap stuff already before Lord and Miller were taken off the project and Ron Howard was brought on. You, so Ron the Howard. guy, I, I don't remember his, his name, the guy that was playing the character, he couldn't come back to redo stuff. So they just decided instead of doing mocap, we can't afford to do more mocap. We can't spend that much money. So we're just going to cast a human. That's why all of Paul Bettany's scenes are in that one room. <laughs> you know, he never he never leaves that room. But uh, but other than that, you know, he did a great job with uh, with what he had to do. So. Yeah, I feel like again another complaint as well as not a lot of character development. You're you're correct. There is not. This isn't that kind of movie. Yeah, I mean they're 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 all archetypes. He he is your standard, you know, cookie cutter Bond villain. She is your standard femme fatale. He is your standard, you know, rogue with a good heart. Like they're, I mean, they're all pretty off the rack <laughs> as, as far as characters yeah. go. Um, and again, it's not this is not a blazingly original story. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. It's, it's not deep. Yeah. It's not. It's it's good enough. The acting's the acting's pretty good. The writing's pretty good. The effects are pretty good. You know that there there's nothing really that they did badly. The, every movie doesn't have to blaze a trail. It exactly. Fine. It's fine. It's a fine, fun film. It telegraphed every move it was going to make, but it still did it well enough that you didn't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and don't let's not forget, Ron Howard is a good director. Yeah, I mean, he's he's made awesome movies, so it's not like different kinds of he doesn't know he. That's... Yeah, I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to make a movie. Now, this is the first movie that I know of that's like that he's done that's like a big uh, sci-fi epic kind of thing. Willow, you know? but yeah, nah, that's true. He did do Willow, didn't yep. he? Scratch what I said. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like Rick and I were just L3. waiting to, to see who shot first. I love L3. L337. So much um, fun. She, yeah, she was great. But 
Am I just imagining things? But it seems like she was only in the movie for like five minutes. No, she, she, was not, she was not there long. Was it? Well, it wasn't okay, that long, now. As far as her being yeah. on screen, she wasn't on screen very much. But, I mean... Yeah, they were trying to to, to, to kind of fill the role that, that K2SO had in Rogue One. Um, and I... Somebody remind me of the actress's name. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I, don't, I didn't we, write it down. We, we thought um, it was Gwendolyn Christie and then looked it up and it wasn't. But she sounded just no, like no, Gwendolyn it's not. Christie. She's, yeah, I looked it up and it's somebody somebody from a, a show that's that's big in the UK. I can't remember who she is now. But um, Lando, okay, so Lando's obviously in love with this robot. Is that why they released all this stuff about Lando being a pansexual? Because he was in, oh, in love with the... <laughs> With a robot, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because they released all this stuff, and I was like, "There's nothing in this movie that suggests that, except that he's in love with a robot." But uh, and, and even then, that I, was I don't know that he was. I think that yeah, she was, he was just like really him. close yeah. to her or whatever. You know, they were really good friends or whatever. So I think it co- totally could have gone anyway. Any way you want to interpret those scenes is correct. Because when I first watched it, I was like, okay, she clearly is all up in her head. But playing it back, there's no reason to think that they didn't get busy at some point. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I assumed, and he's kind of flirting with Han. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> hey, they're, they're true, progressive. They're true. progressive in the, in the galaxy far, far away. So. Yeah. One of my favorite things was because in the original trilogy, he calls him Han. And yeah. I'm like, why the hell does he call him Han? And so this kind of like gives a reason for that, and it's kind of like because he's a douche, which I yeah. really like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I liked, you know, it seems like the Star Wars stories, you know, thus far, it's like there is some leftover question from. The original trilogy that like is the is the core question that they're trying to answer. Uh, you know, Rogue One is you know how to get the plans of the Death Star and how, why was it vulnerable. This one, I mean, it's, there's a few, and one of the ones that I wanted it to answer was what's the beef between Han and Lando. And so you watch this film, you go, okay, well that's the beef between Han and Lando. But it occurred to me really just a couple of days ago, it's like, you don't necessarily know that that's the beef between Han and Lando. You know that that's... If if that's the last time they see each other, then yeah, then that's what it is. But we don't know that they don't get together to work on some other heist a year or two later or or whatever, and there's not something bigger. Because, oh, he's not still mad about that. I, you assume that that is, you know, the way that he got the Falcon. Which I yeah. thought was great, by the way. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that was... They, they did that perfectly. Um, but it does leave the door open, if they do it right, for there to be more, you know, buddy <laughs> uh, buddy mismatched team adventures between Han and Lando. And then the big thing that he might still be mad about just be something else that happens later. Leave the door open. The only thing they didn't do was finish up the credits with coming in September 45, you know, whatever. Yeah. Han yeah. and Lando come back in the road yeah, to I'm Alderaan. Not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be a solo too because of the diminishing returns <sighs> that this one got. So I don't well, know. You know. That just, okay. 
So there was there was we were going to talk about this. About, we I don't know what you're about to say, Rick, but I think I'm about to agree with you. <laughs> there was a, there was a story that came out a couple of days ago that said that because Solo was quote unquote a flop, that all other Star Wars story movies were being put on hold. And then today Disney said no, that is not true. Um, but everyone's calling Solo a flop, and. Any other movie making the kind of bank that Solo has made to this point would be considered a wild success. But because it didn't make $2 billion in its opening four hours as a Star Wars film, people are like, oh, this was a failure. This was terrible. Look at, you know, and it's like, geez, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of grip. yeah. That is the thing that I was going to agree with. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it made its budget back in its first weekend it or in its first couple of weeks. And. You know, that's what any normal movie expects to do. You know, I don't think these these um, uh, Star Wars stories movies should be making the kind of, of uh, money that the, the big uh, main storyline films do. Uh, and that's fine. Like you said, the stakes are much lower in this film. And that made it that made it wonderful. It was a small, you know, they did sort of weave the, 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 the beginnings of the rebellion into it, which was a little ham fisted, but it was still interesting. Yeah. Everybody keeps talking about star Wars oversaturation or star Wars fatigue or whatever. I don't think that's it at all. I think that a core group of gatekeeping fan holes (laughs) didn't like, well done. They didn't like what they got in episode seven and eight. So they started a movement to kill the whole Disney version of the universe. They attacked Episode Eight. They went after uh, the actri- the actress that played Rose. They went after the actress that played Ray. They bombed the Rotten Tomatoes scores for Last Jedi Solo enough to keep people either either keep people away from the theater or say that they're going to wait for it to come out on on demand or Blu-ray or whatever. And so now everything kind of hangs on Episode Nine. And how well it does because they made all these uh, all these uh, plans to do another trilogy with Ryan Johnson after this is all over. But whether or not they actually do that, I think it depends on how, on how well Episode Nine does. And if these fan holes have their way, <laughs> it won't do well. But at, at what so. point is Disney just? literally powerful enough to do whatever it wants like it i don't care About if, 10 years I, ago <laughs> that's what I'm saying. like oh yeah they can I, I don't care if no one goes to see this film or you know if it's a star wars film it's gonna make money the fact that they call this a flop because it didn't break the box office and set a new record it's insane that's insane but i mean disney Disney can bankroll an epic sci-fi film the way, you know, other films, uh, the other studios bankroll a, a little indie project, mm-hmm. a, va- a vanity project. So does it even matter what your glorious term, the fat holes, do? <laughs> well, have you, did you see the, the story going around today on Twitter that some of these whining man babies have announced that they've they have a quote unquote team of producers uh, who are going to put up the money <laughs> to do yeah. to redo the uh, uh, the last Jedi. I did see that. <laughs> and did you see did you see Ryan Johnson's response yes. to that? What was it? 
It was just like, please, 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 please make this an actual thing, please. <laughs> like, I'm sure all sarcasm, but yeah. It was Brian Johnson funny. is a yeah. genius troll. <laughs> I'm like, my thing punches. is, so let me get this straight. <laughs> You've lined up the people, the 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 resources, the timelines to make your own science fiction film. And you want to make somebody else's film again? Yeah, that yeah. just came out, that broke all the records because you didn't like it. Well, just make your own. Just make your own shit. Like just, just make, make a new movie. Shit. Yeah. Well, you know what? What? First of all, I don't think they they are going to get anywhere near two hundred million dollars, which is what you know. Realistically, you'd need to do this. But even if they do have a team of producers, that's going to come up with that much cash disney has a bigger team of lawyers that will <laughs> rush them into the right <laughs> let's talk about one more thing before we uh end I, and i know we, i said we were gonna do uh, uh yeah that's not yeah, <laughs> yeah i think we're gonna save that for next time but um the the big spoiler of the movie is darth maul that showed up at the end of the movie so and i was surprised when i saw him i was so surprised yeah yeah i had no idea that was coming. yeah so kira is it's revealed that Kira is actually part of the Red Dawn crime syndicate, and um, she talks to Darth Maul via hologram. And uh, I did not know that he was going to be there, but there, I was surprised at the stuff that came out afterwards. Because, okay, so if you watch Clone Wars and you watch Rebels, then you know that Darth Maul survived the fight that he had with Qui Gon and uh, Obi Wan in Episode One. Or, or if you watch this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, that's what I was gonna say. They they announced uh, when Rebels came out that all the stuff that happens in Rebels is canon. You know, however, not everyone watches Rebels, so there was a lot of people that said, "Well, they're putting stuff from the cartoon in there." I was like, "Well, if you haven't seen Rebels, if this is your first reveal, then it's a it's a pretty good reveal because it was mm-hmm. it was still a reveal even if you've seen Rebels. Right? Rebels people didn't know that he, that he was gonna be here." You know, so uh, I, I like that they put him in there, and I don't know if they're setting up uh, something for a solo two, or if they're kind of doing like a Marvel kind of thing where they're setting up for a shared universe kind of deal. You know, so if I have to, if I had to assume anything, if they did a solo two, I would assume that Kira um, will die, and that is what's. That's going to be the thing that's going to jade um, Han. I I say I, I was expecting them to fridge her in this movie, and I was very glad they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, but I I do think if they if they do a solo two, it'll probably happen in that one. But see, I want I want I don't want her to I want her to be the big bad. If there's if there's another one, I don't I don't want her to be the you know I, because I think they established. She is every bit the badass. He is actually. He's she's more so. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know that. I don't need another solo movie. I you know I feel like they 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 did well this time, but you know the more times you <laughs> the more times you spin the changer and pull the trigger, the more likely it is you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll yeah, blow your brains out. Her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we'll 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 see. I, I will say that uh, it was a surprise to me, but it was a surprise that had 
no impact whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, like I knew he was alive from. I haven't watched all of Rebels, but I've watched like the last two seasons. Um, so uh, I was like, okay, that's, okay, I guess he's here now. All right, I guess that's all right. Great. Had, had yeah. no no impact whatsoever. I did think it was ridiculous that he he just because I guess they had to use the force at some point he he he, gets, he pulls his lightsaber yeah and lights and ignites his lights. I'm like, for, is that supposed to threaten her? <laughs> You're a hologram. She, she's not scared yeah. right now of your light lightsaber. Right. I I gotta say, as much yeah, as I despise the Phantom Menace, uh, I have always said that Darth Maul was wasted. He could have been such a cool character. So I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm I'm happy to see him come back. You know, they they the tortured logic they used that to have him survive was you know I didn't watch Clone Wars because they did stupid crap like that, um, but. That notwithstanding, you know, the character still exists, and I think Maul is an awesome character, and I did see some of his stuff in Rebels. Uh, so, you know, if you're going to bring someone forward from the the uh, the, the, the prequels... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, Maul, yeah. and also, I like... Uh, is it Ashoka or Asaka? I think it's Asaka. It's Asaka Tano. I liked her a lot, too. Um I wouldn't mind seeing her again, but I don't think she survives Rebels, does she? Uh, do you did want she, me to did, spoil that for you, or no? Well, I, I, I remember she fought Vader, and I, I know when he left, like, his mask was torn apart, and you could see one of his eyes. I don't remember if they actually showed if she survived or not. They do show if she survives or not. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen past uh, the, the, the couple episodes where Thrawn is uh, introduced. I haven't seen anything past that, so... But um, but yeah, if you go back to the scene where he dies in uh, in episode one, they, you know they claim that now he's got like robot legs or something like that. He got a lot more than just his legs cut off. I well, mean, we, they'd have to replace his whole lower GI. Tract. Well, we don't know what his species <laughs> internal arrangement is. So yeah, that's and, true. That's true. He is a different. And species. they've got oh, that, that fluff below the waist. Well, they've got that overly convenient lightsabers cauterize when they cut things off. Things yeah. that didn't happen in Star Wars when the walrus guy got his arm cut off and there was blood everywhere. But you know, <laughs> a little bit of blood. <laughs> I'm looking to see if um, anybody put anything on Facebook about uh, Solo. Let me see. Yeah, I gotta say, as, as a as a geek podcast, we're kind of because uh, I honestly had because I think I saw it three weeks ago. I saw it whatever, like opening night, I think, which is well, I did I didn't want to do a spoiler filled episode until everybody on the no, show I'm had not, seen I'm not saying it. That we're to do it. I'm just saying it, it, it's hard for me to remember things. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, we saw it the second week, but Brandon Ushio said uh, Solo was a fun movie. But it was up against too much competition. They should have they should have kept it in December. Um, I don't think that we will ever be at the point again where people are starving for live for a live action movie like they were with Episode Seven. I also think that the terrible gatekeeping in the fandom gave it a bit of a bad name, and definitely and it definitely deserved a better reputation rep, reception than it got. Uh, I agree that. It probably would have done better if they had released it in December, like they had originally planned. 
Uh, I know they, they kind of wanted to shift everything back to May because, you know, Star Wars originally came out in May and they wanted they wanted The Force Awakens to be a summer blockbuster and they just couldn't get it done in time, so they, they put it out in December. So now it's, it's kind of been a December thing and then they put this one out and it's only been six months since the last one, you know, so... Yeah, but... Um, it, pro- it might have done better if they had saved it for December, but and and, and being just a couple of weeks at, was it? It was a couple of weeks after Infinity War, so Infinity War was still like rocking the box office when it when it came yeah, out. Yeah, but too, I, so. I don't think these things are binary. You know, it's not it's not like yeah, you're right. It was a couple of weeks, and and there's a lot of people like us who was okay. Well, I didn't see it this week. I'll see it next week. And the fact that, again, this goes toward my Disney can do whatever the Mario coin it wants. Because, (laughs) like, Black Panther was the the most money-making mover ever. And it was still making serious cash in the theater. Like, yeah, let's put it out on video. Really? You don't wait? No, we're fine. Boy, uh, (laughs) another $8 billion. Meh, we're good. (laughs) Go ahead, release it. That's that's what that the, the the problem with and what Brandon's talking about, I think, is something that still baffles me is uh, films are judged by their opening weekends now. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah, if they had waited for December for Solo to come out, its opening weekend would have, you know, would have crushed. But there was so much going on. Yeah, John, what you're saying, you know, those of us that would see Infinity War and Black Panther and Solo and, you know, all we're seeing them anyway. But you can only see so many movies in one weekend. And so it's mm-hmm. just Solo's right. taking longer than, quote-unquote, normal for a Star Wars movie to make a shitload of money. And there's, and there's a lot of, like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that are just, it's not that they're fatigued with Star Wars. It's that they've seen enough stuff online about how terrible this movie is going to be and everything that they're just like, well, I want to see it, but I'm going to wait until it comes out on that Blu-ray almost me. or something like that. And that affects I was all almost, these numbers I was too, kind so. of in the, eh, if we get to see what? it in the movies, mm-hmm. we will, but if not, no big deal. Which isn't yeah. wrong. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good film, but it's not, you gotta go see it. Yeah. Although I do think it certainly benefits from being seen on the big screen as opposed to, you know, your TV. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose between Solo and Infinity War, yeah, I've seen them both. If I had to choose to see one of them again, right. I'd probably go see Infinity War again. But, but you know, but this is like like we said, this is a it's a fun movie. It's not if you don't see this movie, it's not like you're not going to know what's going on in 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 the next Star Wars movie. You know, this is a standalone episode, and it's not necessary to have seen it to to carry on so it's just if you like star wars you'll probably like this you know if you don't you might like you know my wife's not as big of a star wars fan as i am but she she enjoyed the movie so okay well um does anybody have anything they want to add before i close out i did but i forgot it so All right. Well, that seems like a good place to stop. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please go to iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, you should be. Uh, Just go to Cosmic Potato Podcast Network on Facebook and chat with us about all the shows. Uh, Follow us on Twitter and send us a voicemail or a text message to... Erico 205-642-8380 or you can email us at mail at cosmicpotato.com 
And uh, and don't forget that we have other shows on the network. Uh, go to CosmicPotato.com. You'll find episodes of Captain Game Show, World War G, Review of Mania, and The Prime Direction there. And uh, Virginia, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. And Rick, thank you as well. (laughs) 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 And John, pleasure as always. Shaking my head at Rick. (laughs) (laughs) SMH, Rick, SMH. (laughs) And uh, thank you all for listening to the show. Be sure to join us next week on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, Welcome to a new section I call Super Subtext. Super subtext where I explain a plot point that you may have missed in a show or a movie that you may have seen many times. In the film The Lion King, the daddy lion Mufasa tells his son Simba that animals that die help make way for new animals to be born. This is called The Circle of Life and there is a whole song about it. The movie begins with a big parade to welcome a new lion baby. And then the words say the Lion King on the screen. And then at the end of the movie, there is another big parade for another lion baby. And at the very end, it says the Lion King on the screen, just like at the beginning. The movie keeps talking about the circle of life. And it starts the movie the same way it started the movie. And so it makes a circle like the song says. It's the circle of life in the movie. The end. (laughs) <laughs> very good I'm, I'm shaking my head now <laughs> SMH John SMH oh you booklet this is the thing there's gonna be a lot of this <laughs>